Welcome to episode 49 of the Godly Young Men podcast. I'm your host, Joe Wilkie, joined as always by my co-host, Will Harib. This is a fascinating and I don't know. I, I just love this episode. We recorded this on our other it's podcast. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be a lot of rants. It's going to be a lot of things that if you're a fan of public school, we'll stick around. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and stick Hopefully around. Hopefully we'll change your mind. Hopefully yeah. we'll change your mind on this and we'll try not to do it in, in too belligerent of a way, but I yep, uh, yep. can't promise anything on that front. So we're discussing homeschooling versus public school. Uh, we'll go ahead and kind of yeah, intro so this one. This obviously, is your, this your is outlet. for godly young men, target range 15 to 25. So if you fall into that, obviously we always want to say we welcome anybody who's not within that age range to, to watch and listen. If you're you know 35 and listening, great. We, we appreciate it. We want you to keep listening and watching. But when we, when we structure these episodes, we're structuring them towards that age bracket, I guess. Yep. And so... For this episode, we recognize if you fall within that category, you are you are either a already public schooled, um, b already homeschooled, or c you are at the stage in life where you're done with both of those and you're planning on what you can do with your kids. And so that really is the point of this episode: is we are trying, we are going to be arguing very passionately in this episode why every godly young man should homeschool their kids. Yeah. And this is not a popular take of ours. This is not something that um, we get up at. at uh, seminars and, and pulpits and say, and everybody, yeah, man, amen. You know, great, great sermon. This gets a lot of people fired up because we are about as anti-public school as a Christian podcast can get this and think deeper focus press. We're very anti-public school. And obviously I don't know what percentage you would say of, of Christian home uh, households still public school. Like it's a big deal and it gets people fired up. There's a lot of school teachers in, 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 um, you know, congregations that get real fired up and a lot of people take it as an attack on their parenting. If they send their kids to public school, we believe very passionately every godly young man should homeschool. And so I actually put on here, and Joe, you can get to kind of some of what it leads to, but I think one of the top three reasons why Church of Christ kids, for the most part, don't really stay faithful. Again, 80% or so are walking away. Top three reason, you could argue one, two, or three, is because of the influence of public schools. Oh, yeah. Is, is why young people are not staying faithful. It's because of the influence of the public schools. I've seen it. You've seen it. The statistics back it up. Like, oh, yeah. it's just a huge reason why young people aren't staying faithful. Oh, yeah. And as you talked about, what it leads to, I think public school and, and being in the public school day in and day, you're talking eight to three, right? You know, for some kids, I think oh, it's usually earlier. Yeah. Was it's, it seven it's, to, it's minimum of eight hours of schooling. And then when you combine extracurricular activities, the, when yeah. you combine all, it's all the 10 homework. hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Homework. Yeah. Yeah. 10, 11 hours a day you know, you're putting toward public school and toward their ideology and everything. So in my opinion, I think it leads to an outright rejection of the faith. Yep. You just don't care that much. And to be honest, even if for those that do care, it gets squashed out of them a lot of the time because that's not what the popular thing is, things like that. So I think a lot of kids end up rejecting their faith because, oh, well, clearly God, the smart people, my school teacher taught me for the last 12 years that God doesn't exist, you know, things like that. Um, it leads to wokeism. This is a big one. and, and Big one sp- right now, yeah. Yes, and let me speak to this one specifically on the last one, the rejection of faith, because what you will hear, and we're going to get into a lot of these myths being debunked in a little bit, what you'll hear is, you know, not in the Bible Belt, not in the yeah, South. Not, not in our schools. Yeah, yeah. The, the 12 years, Joe, you, you don't understand, you know, down here in Tennessee or whatever, uh, you know, my I know my school teachers. A lot of them, a lot of them go to the, uh, to the local church Christ. They still have to teach government the, the curriculum. curriculum. What yeah. do you think? I mean, they don't get to make up their own curriculum like they used to. And so it leads to that. It leads to the wokeism, this this postmodernism, right, where you can believe whatever you want to believe. And it leads to critical race theory. And it leads to a lot of the things that we're losing our kids over, this wokeism of we got to be LGBTQ friendly. That's wokeism. Um, 
And, and if you don't think in that way, then you're ostracized. And I think the last thing it would lead to is a lukewarm or a, uh, basically, even if you do end up being a Christian, a lot of them are worldly. A so lot you're not them, really a Christian. Yeah, you're, you're hardly a, a Christian. Goer, yeah. You show up, but how much are you actually involved? And I how think much this are you is, becoming I think, an elder? I think this is the whatever. most dangerous, and this yeah. has less to do with the teachers than the curriculum, and more so with the influence that we'll yeah. get to, certainly is the biggest component, is the pure influence of worldliness is all is in your face all day long, nonstop. You're exposed to all kinds of things. And so, yeah, you're going to be very worldly. You're going to be a lukewarm Christian who, and again, I, I actually put lukewarm churchgoer on the outline because I don't think there's such a thing as a lukewarm Christian. Mm-hmm. I think there's, again, we can talk about that maybe another time, but it leads to all these things. And I actually included on here the fact that homeschooling used to be very much of a, you know, kind of on the exterior, very, very ostracized. It's it's on the rise right oh, now. Yeah. Statistically speaking, yes, it, it is. is on the rise. I pulled this from the Washington Post. This is a quote. This is, homeschooling has become by a wide margin America's fastest growing form of education. Fastest growing that form. That is crazy. I even put on here, because this was fascinating to me, percentage increase in total homeschool students' uh, enrollment since 2017-18 school year. So what is that? Six years ago now? The 2017-2018 to school year. Look at the ones I got in here. So Tennessee is our home state. There's been a 77% increase. Um, I Look at the liberal states. That's I why I put That's these on crazy. here. crazy. California, as liberal as it gets, 78% increase in homeschool student enrollment. New York, 103% increase. And then the District of Columbia, 108%. Homeschooling yeah. is on the rise. Like this, oh, yeah. It's no longer something that's like, yeah, those weirdos over there homeschool. A lot of people are, and I, I didn't know if you wanted to get into maybe some of why you think that is, but this is starting to grow. It's starting to come back, you might say. Yeah. I think there's a few different things. I think there is a non-Christian side of homeschooling yeah. that's very much coming. You'll see this from alternative education, right, where they really want to do things their way. They don't want to do unschooling or Waldorf or whatever it is. And so they're coming to homeschooling from a secular point of view. Couldn't care less about God or, or yeah. you know, anything else. I think that's interesting. Uh, it, it's still probably better than public school, but obviously that's a factor. The biggest one I would say, and I know this kind of goes against the t- statistic of 2017-18, but I think COVID changed a lot of things. I mean, it, it goes did, yeah. with the other thing you had on your list, which is the trans agenda. I think a lot of parents are waking up to, I'm sorry, you, you're teaching my kid what? <laughs> like There was what at the at the library story yeah, hour? You yeah, did it. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't want my kid exposed to that. My six-year-old's learning. He came home and told me about X, Y, Z, and you're, what? Yeah. Like, I think that's happening a lot where parents are finally waking up going, this isn't good. But I think COVID is where kids came home and they were doing school from, and then parents who were walking by were like, uh, excuse me, yeah. what did I just hear them say? <laughs> like when you actually which, which, have a real, in, a real vested interest in what your kid is learning, you don't just send them off to the school for eight hours a day or 10 hours a day. When it's in your home and you're getting to hear the, you know, the LGBT, uh, which speaks, agenda or whatever else. just speaks to the maddening fact that so many parents were oblivious to yes, it before. Yes, bury their head in the sand. Like yeah. this, your dad has been banging this drum for how long? 15 years. This yeah. has been going on for a long time, way longer than parents want to, you and know, I, give credit for. What I always bring this, bring up about that is dad has pushed really for 15 years about the, the evolutionary agenda, really yeah. secular humanism, postmodernism. I've said on this podcast, other podcasts, that's the least of my concerns now with public schools. There's so much more, so many more things that young people can just get, again, brainwashed and indoctrinated. The the trans agenda, the LGBT stuff is really the biggest one, in my opinion, of like, they're trying to disciple your kids into that. And so let's get in. We've, I've got six myths on here that we're going to debunk. We're going to go ham on Um, this. We were both homeschooled. And so obviously you say, oh, well, you're, you're biased. We also know a lot of public schoolers. We, we are very familiar with kind of the, the arguments for both sides, sure. so to speak. We heard a lot of these arguments, these myths growing up. And so, Joe, you touched on the first one. I'm going to let you finish I'm gonna let you finish off on this first one, and then I'll get into the second one. 
What about the myth of Joe? Joe, come on. Our schools aren't that bad. Not not our schools. The, man, those California schools, they might be doing all that crazy stuff. Man, we are in Arkansas. This not our our schools are not that bad. That's a big one. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Don't <laughs> so kid yourself. That yeah. that's the that's my advice. Stop. Um Look at the curriculum. Like, uh, stop pretending that because you know the teacher and are good friends with them that, oh, well, we mitigate a lot of that stuff. This is government-mandated curriculum. The government is not Christian right now, and so what do you think they're learning? Here's the other big part of it. Forget about the curriculum. Oh, the curriculum's fine. I, I look over the curriculum, and we kind of go through things. Do you walk through the halls with your kids? Right. This is such do a big you one, yeah. see? Do you see the, the boy and girl making out? Do you see the boy and boy making out as they're going out? Disgusting things, things you don't want your kid to see. You see the, what's drawn on locker room stalls. Yes, like the gay-straight alliance welcoming them in. Hey, how about you want? Like, this is what's going on in public schools, the cussing that they're running across, the porn that they're being shown in the locker rooms. Everything else... Kids are horrible. They're little monsters. Let's be honest. Like specifically, specifically middle school into high school. Kids, it's rough, man. It is rough. And we are sending our kids into the world and we're going, well, my school's not that bad. That's been debunked so many times. My cousin down here, she's been coming to church, which is great. I have a cousin who's bringing her to church. Um, and, not a Christian. And, yeah. Not a Christian. Uh, the, the other cousin is, but he's bringing this other one, which is great. And she told him... I preached, and, and they were asking, and he's like, well, what do you know about Jesus? She said, I hate to say it, I know more about Thor and Odin than I do about Jesus. In the Bible Belt. This is Hickman Tennessee. County, yeah. Tennessee. If they don't know that in Hickman County, Tennessee, well, why do you think that is? Yes, serious neglect on our parents' part, but they're not Christians. Wouldn't you expect that, that well, hey, here in our schools, things are good. It's like, if that was the case, then why is she not being Christianized in the school? Right. Why does she know more about Thor and Odin than she does about Jesus? It's because... Regardless of whether you're in middle of nowhere, Tennessee, or you're in New York, you're getting the same agenda pushed, which is a godless um, and, and woke agenda. Please stop telling me that the schools aren't all that bad. Or because I know a few teachers, your kid has one teacher for one year, and then he moves on to somebody else. Yep. This is and debunked in about 10 different exactly. ways. And like you said, to say nothing of the the uh, peers and everything. So let me get into the second myth, which is, man, how many times did I hear this growing up? Oh but, my goodness. But, but, you know, talking to my parents, but Brad and Melinda, how are your kids going to be socialized? Yeah. You know, yeah, what, what about, so, what about socialization? Don't you want your kids to be able to talk to other kids? Man, is this one frustrating because <laughs> think about what you're implying. First of all, you're implying that you can't be socialized and be homeschooled. It's just a, a false premise. Like that's right. not true. But secondly, you're basically admitting that the social socialization you want for your kids is everything you just described that takes place in public school. Yeah. Sure. You know, and, and that's a lot of times what my parents would say is, no, you're right. I don't want them to be socialized. If socialized <laughs> right. means they know all the sexual jokes, they know all the, you know, they know all the stuff. They talk about all the stuff. Yeah. They, they are friends with all the horrible kids in school. And it sounds like we're bashing a lot of the kids in school. These kids are, are, are not being raised by Christians. They're, you know, horrible influence. We're not trying to bash all the middle schoolers at the same time. I would never want to send my kids into that 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 uh, you know Leviathan's den and say I wanted to be socialized with the with the with yeah. the bullies. I wanted to be socialized with the gay people. I wanted to be socialized with the kids that are having sex at fourteen year olds at fourteen years old. Give me a break about the socialization. Yeah. That's that's the most annoying thing when people bring it up. Is like no, you're right. I don't want them to be socialized about it with, with all those things. I want yeah. them to be socialized in other ways. Well, I homeschool my kids, but I send them to the local bar to you know right. Yeah. They, they go to the local saloon to socialize. To be honest, it probably wouldn't be that Go much worse. Go to the worse. strip club, right? It yeah. wouldn't be that much worse. So the socialization drives me nuts because what about socialization? Yes, because all of life is based on being stuck in a room with 20 kids your own age for the rest of life. That's exactly like that. That never happens. That never yeah. happens. This only happens in public schools where you're in a classroom with only kids your age all the way up. 
That's not socialization. Homeschoolers are the kids that go talk to the 80-year-old at church. Homeschoolers are the kids that are helping out with the younger kids. Homeschoolers are the kids that aren't just necessarily stuck in their own youth group and aren't able to socialize with anybody else because you're expected to when you... And look, we'll get to it later. There's another myth we can debunk. There are weird homeschoolers, okay? There are the homeschoolers that are very socially awkward. There's a ton of... of people in the public school per capita it's a, it's yes, a whole lot more for public schoolers exactly yeah. so this idea of socialization i know you guys were in a lot of things my sisters are in drama my brother there's and I were ways in around it is the point oh yeah like, we were in hockey we were doing a ton at, at, at church um very involved at church we were very involved in a lot of different things and my parents pushed us into different things for us to try and again go ahead i'm sorry no so the socialization just took place naturally yeah. as we went about well and again like i would i would implore i would implore you to consider Consider what kind of socialization you want for your kids. Do you want them to know all the crude jokes? Do you want them to be able to cut up about, again, goofy things and, and just like, again, all the immorality that is in right. schools. I'm sorry. I don't want my kids socialized in that particular circle. But that's what you're implying with that one. All right, number three, third myth. I want my kids to be able to play sports. You played more sports than I do. Speak to this myth for just a second. Yeah, so it was actually amazing for me because – I got to play for a few different teams. Uh, I was homeschooled, but they let me play for Arvada West in high school. They let me play for Pomona in JV. They let me play for, actually, I think I coached Legacy, but they let me play for a few different teams, um, kind of as a free agent. So this idea that I want to have my kids play sports, there are tons of other ways. I played travel. I played rec. I played, you know, all sorts of, you know, tournament hockey, things like that. It never once impeded me from playing anything like that. Yeah. Um, yes, that may be a nice... Maybe that was just a nice situation in Colorado. Maybe that's not the case for you. There's almost always rec leagues. There's almost always church that's leagues. Exactly like there, are, it. there are ways around it. And I got two thoughts on this. One thought that I have is that there are so many parents that, man, my kid is going to be a five-star athlete. No, he's probably not. Sorry. <laughs> like right. so many parents, especially dads, have just delusions about how good their kid is athletically when they're the most mediocre kid on earth. That sounds <laughs> that sounds really mean. But my point is, do not brutal. get so zeroed into your kid's athletic ability that you're willing to sacrifice their their that's faith. Because right. that's the other thing. Your that's kid right, yeah. could be the most talented baseball player of all time. If they lose their faith, was it worth it? Because the answer is no. Right. That's that's the the you know Mark eight about you know what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul. If your kid goes on to to you know be, be the greatest basketball player of all time, recognizes the goat, surpasses LeBron James as, as the goat of basketball, nice, nice, and loses his faith, what good is it to you? It was right. not, it was not worth it. And so this whole sports thing, yeah, it, I'm gonna let my kids play sports. I'm gonna find yeah. ways. There are ways. If if it comes down to well, I I, I want to homeschool, but I'd rather my kids be have a maybe easier access to play sports, so I'm going to public school them. You're making the wrong decision. It's right. not a. It's not an important enough reason. It's not a crucial enough element to their faith for you to say, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the route that's gonna be harder on their faith, but easier on sports." Right. What are we doing here? Like that's just such a ridiculous myth, in my opinion. And sports are not everything. That's They're such not. a good point. Sports are not everything, and don't sacrifice specifically for those. Even if that is the case where you can't play, don't sacrifice for that. And that's a great point. Number four, we just can't afford it. We just can't you hear afford this one it. a lot. Yeah, you hear this a ton. Hey, look, if we could afford it, we would. But you know, that's just a. And they they say this for two reasons. One, homeschooling is expensive in the sense that you got to buy the curriculum. Like yeah. it's not like it's free, and you can no. There there are things you have to buy again if you're doing a lot of it online. There's computers and things. But the other reason is, as I'm sure you're about to get to, they want the wife to work. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So go ahead. Because we can't make it on one income in this house. That's what you hear. Yeah. Okay. So here's what I would say to that. Are you going on vacations? Are you going out three to eat? times a year? Yeah. Three times a year. Are you going out to eat? Are you buying new vehicles? Are Do you, you have buying a Netflix a subscription? Do you have all? Yeah, exactly. 
what, like, if you are down to the bone, you have removed all of those things, you're pinching by, you're eating rice and beans every meal, and you're barely making it on two salaries. First off, go get a, go get a new job, <laughs> if that's the case. Start a side hustle, yeah. That's exactly it. Do something. Second off, that's not the case. And most of the time, the second wife, or the second wife, the second job, <laughs> the wife were, hey, if you had a second wife and both work, <laughs> yeah. maybe so the second wife money. is yeah. the answer. There you right? go. They, there can, you they go. don't squeak it. No, it's joking, have, of course. Jo- yeah. Yes, very much joking. We're not Mormons. Yeah. We're- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Can we say that? Yeah. yeah. Just did, I suppose. The point is, that second job, a lot of the time, is the superfluous stuff, and it pays for a lot of the kids. Um, you know, you could put kids in daycare, like, that's so expensive. Yeah. So how are you supposed to make that up? So the biggest thing I would say is, are you willing to move? I would not be able to make it on a single income if I were living in New York or California. I barely could do it in Colorado. My wife does not work. One of the reasons we moved to Tennessee, moved. Yeah. exactly, is like financially related. That was a big one. It was going to be, it was, it was going to strap us a little bit to live in Colorado. So you move because this is how much we believe in the concept of a stay-at-home wife and believe in the concept of basically making sure we can homeschool our kids no matter what. And wherever the opportunity arises and wherever I can go that's cheapest, that's what I'm going to do. If you have to live in the middle of Kansas, in the middle of nowhere, so to homeschool your kids, do it. Do it. Because the point is I want to keep my my kids faithful no matter the cost. And the idea, I think it'll be okay. You know, if they're in public school, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll, they'll stay faithful. Whoa, whoa, you think or you know? When you homeschool, you go, oh, well, hey, there's plenty of homeschoolers I know that have fallen away. Yes, but I get to decide at that point how much I pump into them. You have the you have the most sway. You have exactly. the most influence, the most control. The point I always make with this this one, which I, again, I think for the most part is very, I think it's kind of a bogus excuse. Of the 100, let's say there's 100 families that, that want to say, hey, man, we really can't afford it. Maybe one of them, that's the case. Maybe one of them, again, like you said, they are literally strapped um, you know, barely have enough food to eat, barely can make rent, barely can, you know, all these things. They, they're not doing all the extra stuff. That's one thing. I don't think that's most people. I think most people, most families enjoy the comfort of, again, the vacations and the, yeah. the Netflix subscription and maybe the nicer car and maybe the nicer neighborhood. The point is, if, if that's what you mean when you say you can't afford it, then guess what? You can't afford it. Yeah. You just don't want to. And uh, that speaks to something we haven't brought up yet with this episode about homeschooling is it takes a lot of sacrifice to homeschool. It, it is the the road less traveled for a reason. Right. It is tougher. It is more work. It's more work for the mother. It is war- more work for the for the dad even. It, it's, it's a harder route. No doubt. But man, is it so much more worth it, which we'll get to here a little bit later. But the, the we can't afford it excuse is and I'm not trying to be harsh or cruel, is usually not legitimate. It's usually yeah. not a legitimate excuse. Again, there are so many resources and so many things you can do. And it's Joe, this is your point, not mine. Whatever it takes. If it takes moving, if it takes right. giving up the job, if it takes you don't ever go on vacation ever, okay, great, my kid remains faithful. Right. That's what we're talking about here. Um, you want to have maximum hands-on, as, as yes. you spoke to, right? I want to have as much time with my kid as possible because I'm shaping a worldview and I'm shaping... A, a world beater. I, I mean, I want somebody who goes out and who conquers for Christ. Yep. And and not the person who shows up to church and, and barely attends. Or, oh, well, they go to church on Sunday. That's nice. No, no, no. I'm raising they're the a ultimate, warrior. Yeah, yeah, they're a warrior. I'm raising the ultimate man's man. I'm raising the guy that's going to lead the church into the next into the future. And everybody looks to him as being above reproach, as being the best guy in the church. That's who I'm raising. And if, if we're raising anything less, our bar is set way too low. Well, how do we get there? We get there by taking these bogus excuses of I can't afford it and going, I'm going to. I'll I don't care if I got to take three jobs. I will figure out a way to get this done because that's how much I believe in the vision. Most people just don't believe in the vision that much and they go, I think it'll be okay. Do you think or do you know? Yep. 
Do you think or do you know? Well, you can't know on your end. I know a lot more than you do on your end if that's how it's going to be, right? So I feel like if I'm putting in hours and hours of Christ work into my kids' reg- education every single day, my statistic of my kids remaining faithful drastically higher. increases yep. than somebody who's not getting that. So do whatever it takes. The I can't afford it. Yeah, I mean, that's I, I don't know if there's anything else I'd say to that one. Number five, I'll, I'll say as far as the myth goes. I've heard this one. Man, I, w- I would kill my kids if I stayed home with them all day. Man, that would not be a good combination. Me and my kids in the, yeah. sa- in the same house, in the same room for, man, for all day. Man, I would kill my kids. You got bigger problems if that's the case. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. This, this one is just such a mind-boggling excuse of like, okay, so you won't homeschool your kids because you don't like your kids? Like, is that what you're actually saying? Right. You won't homeschool your kids because you, you don't have emotional control issues? Like, is that what we're saying here? It, neither way does it look good. <laughs> right, exactly. Don't ever say this in front of your kids too, which a lot of them do, unfortunately. It's like, what do you think your kids hear when they hear that? Like, oh, I kill my kid. Basically, I don't like you. And I was just thinking, I don't like being around you. Yeah. Listen to, you know, it's Christmas time. Listen to that Christmas song of, and mom and dad can't wait uh, for school to start It's beginning to look again. a lot like Christmas. Yes, the song. they can't yeah. wait for school to start again. There's this idea of like, man, I can't wait to get rid of my kids. And you saw this during COVID. Please just get them, send them back, send them back. You became a parent for a reason. Own up to it. And enjoy the snot out of it. It's not going to last very long. And what drives me nuts is you have those parents that, you know, they, they complain and they complain and they complain. And, oh, I, I would just kill my kids. And then it becomes the time where the kid moves out or gets to the time of the wedding and they're just all bawling in tears. And, man, it just came so fast. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> Wait, what time you out. Yeah. You don't get to say that. You're the one that wanted it to come sooner than later. You know, yeah. like faster than anything. We want to be around our kids. So... First off, parent in a way, no gentle parenting, parent in a way you want to be around your kids. But second off, if this is the problem, exactly as you said, you got bigger fish to fry. Get yourself in some family therapy. If you can't stand control to be around your, your emotions, kids. control your kids' behavior, whatever it is, it's, it's, it, this is probably the weakest excuse on the board. Yeah. Number six, and Joe already kind of spoke to this one, homeschoolers are weird and awkward. This is this is one where I will readily acknowledge, and Joe, I'll let you kind of finish it off and then we can move move on. There are weird homeschoolers. Yeah. There really are. There are some awkward, there are some people, you, they walk in the room, you have a conversation with them and you go, yeah, I bet they're probably homeschooled. I understand. Like that is a stereotype for yeah. a reason. I get it. I had people who would tell me like, they, they couldn't believe I was homeschooled because, yeah. you know, because I wasn't awkward and all these things like, no, you're, you're not homeschooled. It's a stigma. It is a stereotype is. for a reason. We get that. What would you say to this myth though? <laughs> I would agree with you. We had friends that were in the homeschool group, you run into some absolute weirdos in the homeschool group, and their big thing was reenacting sword fights from, oh, and no. maybe they listen to this, I don't know, if you do, shout out, but you know, I'm not dogging on you, but it was just funny. They reenacted <laughs> sword fights from Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, I'm like, hey, so I play hockey, like, you know, what do you do? Oh, we re- reenact sword fights, and it's like, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, yes, they're weird and socially awkward sometimes. The reason this is a myth is because I've known so many public school kids oh, yeah. that are weird and socially awkward and can't hold a conversation like past, you know, about a centimeter deep. But that, that doesn't get any press because they're exactly. public schoolers. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they're out there. There's just so many other public schoolers. Like, you know, statistically, you know, like there are just as many weird ones, in my opinion, that because well, they don't know how to interact with anybody their age. Well, and the other thing, two things on this one is you as a parent get to control how socially awkward. If your yeah. kid's socially awkward, that's a parent issue. I was going to say, like, you, that's something you can parent. control. But the other thing is, and people don't want to hear this, if your kid is weird and socially awkward and goes to heaven, you did your job. If your kid is yep. as normal as it gets and can carry a conversation and is really Makes millions socially of dollars, everybody loves of dollars him, yeah. and again, loses his faith, you failed at your job. Yep. And so That's weird right. and, and awkward, first of all, you can control it. Second of all, 
is not a measuring stick for for right. faithfulness. It's not the top of the, the mountain as far as of importance goes. Let's get into unless you have yeah. anything else to add there. Last thing I would say this goes along with the you can't afford it. We realize there are certain certain circumstances of single parents oh, who sure. are just yeah. trying trying their best. They cannot get it done. Okay, uh, granted. I would try to make enough where you could put them in, in private school, uh, yeah. if at all possible, or see if somebody else, depending on your state's laws, move to a state where somebody else that you know, a family member, whatever, can help you yeah. with it. I mean, we, that's how serious I am about getting your kids out of public school is any of these myths, I'll debunk every myth known to man because there is no good reason to send your kids to public school. We realize we're, we're not heartless. We realize there are a lot of sad situations out there. Those the, are the exceptions. Correct. Say, yeah. the, the, those, those are like the 1% exceptions, and people want to say those are like the 95% exceptions. Um, to the best of your ability, get your kids out of public school. But this goes back to, or, or where you were leading into, which is reasons to homeschool. These are all the myths. We're debunking it. We're saying, hey, get your kids out of public school. What are the reasons? Well, I'll let you lead this one. The reasons to homeschool. Yeah, and again, we're passionately encouraging you godly young men who are, you, you have not, Maybe you haven't met anybody yet. Maybe you're not married. Maybe you are married. Don't have kids. You you, yeah. are, you have yet to make the decision of how you're going to school your kids. As far as reasons to homeschool, the first one, you get eight to ten more hours per day with your kids. And I put on here to carry out Deuteronomy six. Yeah. Deuteronomy six talking about teaching your children diligently. Teach them when when you walk by the way, when you when you lie down, when you rise up, when you're sitting. Basically, at every opportunity, all the time. Well, guess what? When you homeschool, you get a, a net gain of yep. how many hours is that? you know, a year. I'm not even gonna do the math in my head. It's eight to 10 hours a day yeah. multiplied over 180 days because that's how, how many school days you have. Yep. That's so much more time that you get to shape your kid's worldview. So much more time that you get to disciple them into the word of God, which hopefully every godly young man wants to do. That's so many more hours a day that you get to, again, shape them into the person you want them to be. Sending them to public school means you are farming that job out for the most part because eight to 10 hours a day, that's half the day. Yep. Eight hours a day is half the day because of the time you have sleeping. You're farming out half of your parenting job to school teachers. You're farming out half of your parenting job to the basketball coach. You're you're farming out half of your job to somebody that, A, doesn't love your kid as much as you do, and B, right. most likely doesn't give a rip about your kid's soul the way you do. It's just utterly, this one to me is the biggest reason why I get so frustrated because there's a lot of there's a lot of public schooled Christians that have a lot of animosity toward homeschooling Christians because again they, they view it as an indictment on them they're kind of lash out at the homeschooling families and there's just a lot of this it, it's it's the biggest reason in my opinion you get eight to ten more hours a day to disciple your yeah, kids that's exactly it so I'm looking I just wanted to do the math real yeah. fast because you mentioned it eight hours a day 180 days times 12 years of school 17,280 hours. That's, that the, doesn't, that's the net gain of hours you get. That's the minimum. That's eight, eight hours. hours. Yeah. That's eight hours. That's not including time traveling to school, time traveling home from school, at homework practice. time, at practice, extracurriculars, all that stuff. This is the minimum. Eight hours a day, 180 days. Divide, divide that day. by 24. 720. 720 extra days. 720 extra full, years. full days. Two years. Two years. You get back. You literally get back by homeschooling. So... I mean, you have kids for a reason. Enjoy yeah. them. It just the, it flies by. I've already got a five year old. Like, it flies by faster than you can imagine. Enjoy this time. This is where you really get to carry out that Shema as you talked about Deuteronomy six four through nine. It's so powerful. You just preached a great lesson the other day, Will. On at this point, a while, a little while back, but on making sure that you had a plan. And you talked about Jeremiah thirty five and this family that for two hundred and fifty three hundred years. 
they kept this generational, hey, we're not going to drink, no wine, right? And we're going to be sojourners, we're not going to have houses. For like 250 years, they kept this and expected their kids to keep it. How do you expect, we can't expect our kids to, to do, do anything. anything past 18, yeah. Exactly, while they're 18, what are they going to do? It's like, they kept this for 250 years, this generational promise that this is what we're going to do, this is what we're about. How incredible is that? The only way we get that is by, I don't know, getting 17, what do we say, you know, 17,000 hours, 280 hours back. Yeah. That's how we do this. So number that's number one. You get that time back. Number two, the government wants to disciple your kids. There's a great Vodibachan quote. Uh, when you send your kids to, uh, what is it? To, when you, to, yeah. to uh, when you, Caesar. You send your kids to Caesar, don't expect that, uh, or don't be surprised when they come back as Romans. Yeah. You send your kids to Caesar, don't be surprised when they come back as Romans. That's exactly what's happening. That's exactly what's happening. You send them to government schools. Let's get away with this public school. You know, get away from that. It's government schools. The government very much is trying to disciple your kids. It is a it's a worldview shift. It's my way or their way. Man, there, Will, there's no difference. Will and Joe, you're being dramatic. No, they're not. Give me a break. Go read the articles. Go look up libs of TikTok on 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 Twitter and and you know. Oh yeah. These are things that they very. You think the if you if you're sitting here, we just had an episode on critical thinking. If you're sitting here in the year 2023 and you're you think the government doesn't have an agenda. Come on. Who's a conspiracy theorist? Exactly. (laughs) You are fooling yourself here. But it is very true. Like the government has, and and the the politicians, there are ways that they are aiming your kids to think. Yeah. And they have been for for decades now. It's not nothing new. It's just the tactics have changed. Again, it was evolutionary theory for the longest time, secular humanism, postmodernism. Now it's transitioned into more so where, again, the LGBT trans movement is the biggest deal of what they're trying to shape your kids' worldview as. And it's like, I'm sorry, I don't want to hand over the job of discipling my kids to somebody else for 12 years. And right, for and somebody I vehemently disagree with. Exactly, exactly. Somebody whose ideals are at the complete opposite end of the yeah. spectrum than mine. And so, man, if you only had one reason why why homeschool, this would be a big one. The government literally wants to disciple your kids, and they're doing it at an alarming rate, again, based on the statistics of young people leaving the church. Imagine sending your kid to a militant atheist tutor for 12 years. You go, I wouldn't pick that as a tutor. Why or an Islamic I... tutor. Like, yeah, or an Islamic one, yeah. tutor. Or some, some like if it was a one-on-one, you go, whoa, there's no way. Well, that's, Joe, that's that's one-on-one. That's different. Okay, now throw in all the peers. Yeah. Now throw in everything else. Like it's actually worse in public school than if you just sent them to, to that. We wouldn't make that decision. So why are we doing a public Here's school? Here's another, I forgot about this myth that I was going to put on there, but we can tie it in here. J- Joe, it's okay. When they come home from school, we talk about everything they discuss. Oh, and, 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 you know, goodness. they, they uh, you know, we, we kind of debrief a- after the school yeah. week. And, you know, I can just undo everything they learn at school. Give the, give the poison line. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. We have, well, my kids get poisoned every day, but I have the antidote. It's okay. It's right. okay. As long <laughs> so as I can dumb, give them the antidote. Yeah. Well, you're giving them a drop of antidote and they're taking a gallon of poison, eight to 10 hours a day, and you get what? 30 minutes. 30 yeah. minutes to do that? No. Uh, like, just statistically speaking, just look at the time, man. This is a math problem. You get eight hours of indoctrination and 30 minutes to fight against it. Do you really think you're going to be able to do it? No, you're not. Well, not all eight hours are indoctrination. Close enough. Close enough. So, yeah, that's a great point to make. Number yeah. three on this reasons to homeschool. So number one, you get a lot more time with your kids. Number two, the government does want to disciple your kids. So it's, you know, them versus us. Uh, number three, there's a regulated peer influence that it's you, easier to it's, do. It's easier to do. You know, you get to regulate who they're around. You get to understand like, whoa, whoa, I'm not allowing that kid into my home. That kid's a really bad influence. Well, at public school, you don't know who your you kid's hanging no out with. You have no it. control yeah. over it. He may pick the worst kid in the class and next thing you know, they're buddies. It's like, oh, well, we shouldn't pick him as a friend. Well, he's there for eight to 10 hours a day, getting to hang out with him, extracurriculars, everything else. How much do you get to regulate that? The amount, the statistics, I'd encourage everybody to go look up the the statistics on sexual activity in high schools. Oh, man. 
It's rampant. It's insane. depressing. It's absolutely insane. And so the reason this is, this is a big deal, and I've said before, peer influence is the biggest reason, in my opinion, why I will never send my kids to public school. Yeah, I, I'm worried about the evolutionary stuff, and yeah, the trans stuff, the LGBT stuff. Yeah, that's that's a, a, a serious problem. This is the biggest one for me. This is the number one reason why yeah. I will not is because I can't regulate their peer influence. I can't see at 15 years old right. what my kid is doing with the girl that he likes, you know, after school's over or during study hall or whatever. I, I, I have no control over that. I have no control, like you said, over what activities my kids do with their with their friends, you know, when they're at the park or, or when they're, uh, you know, at practice and whatever. There's so many things. There's so many reasons why. And you say, man, that sure is controlling on your kid. You're trying to control. You're trying to helicopter parent. Man, call it what you want. I want my kids to stay faithful. And that's that's really the heart of this episode. The the keystone of this episode is like, whatever it takes. If it takes being called controlling, if it takes being a helicopter parent, whatever, I really don't care. Right. Like, I want my kid to to be faithful. And, you know, we could have the sheltering versus, you know, exposing them debate. Kids don't need to be exposed to everything they're exposed to at public school. Right. And it's just far easier to regulate their peer influence when they're homeschooled. You want to ex- you want to be the person to expose it. Yes. Right. I want to be able to talk to my kids about sex education. I want to be able to talk to my kids about the LGBTQ on my terms. Yep. When I'm ready and when they're ready and I know my kid and I know where they're at. Why would I allow somebody else to get to, to beat me to the punch? They get to have the first word on all of these things in my kid's life, and then I come in and, and try to deprogram everything that they've been learning. Why in the world would I hand that over? We wouldn't do that in any other aspect of life. You know, I send my kid. I'm, I'm a diehard Colorado Avalanche fan. We absolutely hate the Red Wings still. They're in the Eastern <laughs> Conference now. You think I'm going to send my kid to, you know, watch the watch the Red Wings, and, and, you know, he goes over to this Red Wings fan's house, and they indoctrinate him, and they teach him about all the Red Wings and everything else, and it's like, absolutely not. No, thank you. No, yeah. thank you. My kid is a Colorado Avalanche fan, and he will be for life if I have anything to do with it. Okay, so we're diehard on sports. Why are we not on God? Yeah. Why would we not do the same thing? But we think that we can get away with these peer influences, and it's like, well, we can't shelter them forever. I can shelter them for long enough, and if, again, if you want to call me a helicopter parent... Well, it's not a guarantee that my kid's going to stay faithful just because I homeschool, but my chances, once again, my chances dramatically increase if I get to determine these well, things. Well, I love the way that you said you expose them on your terms. It's not that you're going to keep your kids from yeah, ever no. learning about sex or porn or, or whatever it is, but you get to choose when they're exposed to it and, and, I how, control they're, the narrative. and how they're exposed to it, and you control it. And Again, man, that sure is controlling. Yeah, the Bible has a lot to say on passing your faith on. So yeah, whatever exactly. form that takes, and this is, again, such a big deal here. We could spend forever on the peer influence, but it's why young people walk away. They get in yeah. with the wrong crowd. You see it at colleges too, which we're not even talking about, but they get in with the wrong crowd. They've they've grown up in church their entire life. Yeah. It doesn't matter because their peers influence them away. Number four is the last thing we'll say, and then we'll have to wrap. Reasons to homeschool. You just, you just I'm so glad you did the math. You get two more years of memories with your kids. Full it's, it's a years. lifetime of memories. And for us as dads, this is a little bit different because we have to work to provide to make sure, sure our wives can't stay home. And right. so this one, I don't think we have a lot of girls that watch, but if we do, as mothers, mainly this one's for you. You get yeah. so many more memories with your kids. It's one of the things my wife has talked so often about how grateful she is that she stays at home right now. Of course, we don't even homeschool yet because my oldest is two. But all the memories she'd be missing out on if he was at daycare for six hours a day. Oh, yeah. You know, all the things that he says, the the goofy stuff he does, the laughs, the giggles, all that. It's just a lifetime of memories you get with your kids. And so it's kind of a weird one to end on, but I wanted to include it because I think it is a huge reason to homeschool. No doubt. No doubt. Your kids will honor you more. Uh, The reason my parents pulled my siblings out of public school is because they came home and called them drug addicts because they drank coffee with caffeine. Well, caffeine's a drug, and they started calling my parents drug addicts. And it's like, I'm sorry, who else are you telling that we're drug addicts? 
Like it's because the school told him that. That's because yeah. the school told him that that caffeine's a drug, and if your parents are addicted, well, my dad drinks like three pots of coffee a day. He's probably <laughs> a drug addict, I guess, right? Like, but that's they pit parents against one another, and for the first two years of homeschooling, my mom and my oldest sister hated one another. And it's because my oldest sister kept telling my mom, like, basically, you know nothing because she wasn't an expert. This is the lifetime of memories is your kids honor you. They respect you more. They love you more than if they go to public school and are told that you're the enemy because you're telling them all the things that they're smarter and educated teachers aren't my, I'm sorry, my teacher has a degree. uh, So you don't have a degree. I don't care what your teacher has. I don't care if they have a PhD. If it's not grounded in God, doesn't matter. Who cares? Right. And so the lifetime of memories, I feel like even as a dad, I get so many texts from, from my wife, you know, kids did this today or send me videos videos or whatever. Yeah. It is the best. We didn't tie in the, you know, make sure your wife stays at home. I can't tell you how important that is. Obviously, it's important to homeschooling. Maybe another episode on that. It may be another episode on this. The pride that I have in my wife to see the way she manages our three kids and, and, you know, the text. And I come home, I work long hours. I work a lot. And to know that the house is stable and and she's cleaned and she's, you know, got dinner on the table when I get home and and all three kids are well adjusted. The pride that I have in my wife is like at an all-time high. And that's what drives you closer together is she's, she loves that I'm out there slaying the dragon, so to speak, and bringing home money. And I love the fact that she's going to be there with my kids and get to have these this lifetime of memories and help me engage in those things as well. That's the way God intended it. Yeah. It drives you closer together as a couple, drives you closer together as a family. You miss that with public school. Yep. You miss all of that. Yep. So that's a great way to wrap. I mean, again, we have not made a lot of friends always with this topic in the sense that we talked about on Think Deeper. And it, there's just yeah. so much emotional it's emotionally charged, I guess is the way I'd put it. And I I do think it is a lot of public parents that do feel guilty because again, public school is easier. It's just far easier to public school your kids because you, again, you can work, you can do your own thing. I I get it. It's easier. What is your kid's soul worth? And so for all you godly young men, again, that's who we're talking. We're not talking to 40 year old parents. We're talking to you who's 18 years old, trying to figure out what you're going to do with your kids, how you're going to educate them. As, as we've talked about, the world is already seeing some concerns and why homeschooling is on the rise in general. We are pleading with you to consider homeschooling for all the reasons that we just discussed, to consider why a godly young man we believe absolutely must homeschool. Do you want to carry out Deuteronomy 6 or not? Do you want to disciple your kids into the faith or not? Do you want your children to become warriors for Christ? It can be done by sending them to public school, but it is so much harder to do. You are making your job a thousand times more difficult if you're wanting to raise a warrior for Christ if you decide to send them to public school. That's all we're saying. And again, the episode we just did hopefully is evidence to that. Um... Definitely, probably our most zealous episode. Honestly, like oh, we get passionate about this. We for get sure. very passionate about it. Um, it may not even be on your radar. You go, man, I don't even have kids. I don't even have a girl. I'm not a thing. We're putting it on your radar. That's how important it is. Radar. It needs yeah. to be on your radar. You need to start making plans now as to how do I have my wife stay home? How am I going to homeschool my kids? We want you to buy into this vision because this is how we create multi generational faithfulness. This is how Christ reigns in your home and reigns for generations. I want I want in five hundred years the Wilkie name to mean something, and I want in five hundred years my kids and and all the way through the generations to be faithful. It starts with me making sacrifices today to do what few people are willing to do. Yep. You know, and, and to homeschool my kids so we can pass on the faith. We want you to engage in that vision as well. Last thing I would say is if you have questions, let us know. Well, we don't have all the answers, but we can That's probably right. find them somehow. And so if you have questions about homeschooling, comments, maybe some thoughts, maybe some disagreements. We always invite any kind of disagreement, um, any kind of comments, feedback. So let us know in the comments as always, and maybe we'll address it another time. But um, yeah, we are uh, inching ever closer to uh, Christmas. That's so, right, and uh, episode 50. And episode 50 next week. It'll actually be the day after Christmas. And so early Merry there Christmas, go. happy holidays Merry to Christmas everybody. To but uh, we'll be back next week for episode 50 of the Godly Young Men podcast. Thanks for watching.